Hey everyone, welcome to Heart to Heart, the podcast that brings you inside King Street to explore the people, their passions, and the programs that make our hearts beat. You can expect conversations with faculty that dive into programs and curriculum and spotlight the unique characteristics of a Sacred Heart education. Sacred Heart stands out as Greenwich's only all-girls faith-based school. Yet we stand together with 200 network schools around the world. Our community of diverse and talented scholars, athletes, creators, and doers give us so much to talk about. So let's get started. I suspect that most of us remember the first moment that we entered the gates of Sacred Heart Greenwich. Before even glimpsing Salisbury Hall, there's a feeling of awe. Your eyes widen to take in the endless folds of lawn, the thickets of trees, the nooks and crannies of mums and hydrangeas. In this corner of the country where we have built so tightly and live so closely to one another, the sheer space of this campus feels, well, surprising. Every time I roll up the driveway, the sight just takes my breath away a little bit. I never tire of seeing this space. We know that Sacred Heart sits on over 100 acres and rests at the highest point in Greenwich. Interestingly, sitting at this elevation sometimes creates different weather conditions here than other places in town experience. If you've been on recess duty for as long as I have, you know these things. It might rain or snow here when the rest of Greenwich doesn't feel a drop. But what you might not know is that Sacred Heart Greenwich and its enormous acreage is moving towards a more sustainable future. We're taking an active stewardship of our environment through the planting of native species, establishing meadows, composting kitchen scraps, lunch waste, creating pollinator gardens, eliminating use of pesticides, even implementing better water management. In the wake of the pandemic, we've leaned on our abundant space to hold outdoor classes. And perhaps one COVID silver lining is that we have rediscovered nature's place in our busy school lives. At Sacred Heart, the outdoors is evolving to become more than additional classroom space. It has actually become integrated into our curriculum and wellness practice. Sacred Heart's shift towards a greener future fits with the revised criteria of Goal 3, which expects all members of the school community to accept accountability for creation, practice effective stewardship of the Earth's resources, and alleviate the climate crisis. One driving force behind Sacred Heart's positive movement is Will Smyers. You probably know Will because of his endlessly cheerful demeanor and the fact he wears shorts in February. Mr. Smyers is the Sacred Heart's grounds manager, and his daughter Lola is a first grader in Mrs. Gironda's class. Will's responsibilities vary with the seasons, and they are as diverse as maintaining the athletic fields to beautifying the campus. In a single day, Will might plant a tree, prune a flower bed, water mow, and line the athletic fields, and then, oh yes, go coach girls basketball. But his favorite part of the day happens early morning when he drives Lola in the golf cart up from the barn in the lower fields. I recently had the chance to chat with Will. I was lucky to have this time with him. He's busy. Will and I sat down at 9.15, and by this point, he'd already completed his daily inspection of the entire campus and hung new signage from the posts in the front circle. His passion for thoughtful land management is immediately visible. 
I'm Will Smyers. I'm the grounds manager here at Sacred Heart. I've been here for three years now. Bachelor's degree from Penn State in turf grass management and have basically been working on golf courses, landscapes, and grounds for almost 18 years now. One of the programs that Will is most excited about is Sacred Heart's pursuit of the Audubon Sanctuary Certification. This certification indicates that our campus has met stringent Audubon standards in wildlife and habitat management, water and resource management, and outdoor education. It also means that 1177 King Street is officially a happy place for birds and butterflies on the migratory path. We've decided to join the Audubon Sanctuary Program. Oh, I about this. I'm so um, curious. And I've known about this since my golf course days because I used to enroll my golf courses in this. And basically the Audubon Sanctuary Program is sort of a program that tries to make your property more environmentally functional and to become environmental stewards. Mm -hmm. So you try to enhance your habitat management. You try to enhance your water quality. You try to also enhance your buildings and your electricity and try to be as environmentally conscious as possible. So it actually goes even beyond the grounds, includes your buildings, your water management, your electrical management, power management. So we've decided to try to take on that initiative as a whole school and partially due to the pandemic, we're moving you know, the classes and using the grounds as functional part of the curriculum as well. We got a garden area that we redid and refenced in that now the students are planting flowers, planting plants. There's even the upper school, there's a research project going on down there in the garden. So we're really starting with the lower school and bringing them outside and actually having them be a part of it. And they're actually helping plant the landscape beds wow. and and perennials and weeding and everything to be a real true part of the actual experience. In my conversation with Will, he highlighted the new ways Sacred Heart's outdoor space has become more integrated into curriculum and the tangible benefit of this experiential learning. We have 108 acres, so why not use the 108 acres for more than just athletic fields? So yeah, we've actually even made areas for more outdoor classroom space, taking some trees down to replant other trees so that there's more areas, quiet areas for classrooms. And it basically also ties into the curriculum. You actually get to see what you're learning about in a book. You actually get to see it in real life. So it actually brings it all together. Throughout our conversation, I felt energized by this positive momentum and Will's dedication. Another side part of the pandemic is we installed all new automatic filling water fountains, touchless toilet fixtures and everything. And that also, believe it or not, helps with our water management. We've reduced our water usage due to all of these upgrades, new LED lightings throughout the school. So again, less power usage throughout. So the initiative is really taking shape throughout the school and even behind the scenes, you know, things that you would never think about. If you got to paint a picture for Sacred Heart, (laughs) Sacred Heart's future as environmental steward, sustainable space, what would be like Will's perfect dream? 
I sort of got baby dreams and then grandiose dreams. I mean, my short-term dreams that I'm hoping for is that we can establish more orchards and have more varieties of fruit trees. I mean, thankfully, we had a great crop of apples this year that the students got to go down and learn about the apple trees, pick the apples from the trees, harvest them, and everything like that. So I would like to vary that and maybe have plums and apricots (gasps) and pears. That'd be amazing. So more of to learn that part of the orchard management as well. Large dreams, I would love to. And actually, when talking with Pam, she said there used to be a farm on the property. With animals? With animals. We would love to bring that back and have animals and have the kids learn about maintaining animals and maintaining farm and, again, how it all combines to learn that part. But, again, we have the land really expanding and just opening up to a lot of endeavors. And speaking of animals, some listeners might remember stories of the elusive campus bobcat. Some thought he was just legend, but turns out he's quite real. And our campus is the perfect home for him and his family. If you ask Lola, we actually also saw we have a bobcat. So I didn't want to say it because I don't want to alarm (laughs) listeners, but I've heard Ruth. She was looking out her window and it just flashed by. Yeah. So that's true. It's not an urban legend. It's not an urban legend. It is on property. We've seen its tracks throughout the wintertime in the snow. He's here. He's usually, he stays usually down by the maintenance building and by the tennis courts. But yeah, we actually did see him one morning. Are these solitary creatures? Like, does he have a family or friends? My guess is he probably has a family. And the thing is, and the great part about Sacred Heart also, is we border the golf course so again that's a protected land Uh our land is protected so realistically there's probably a couple hundred acres and Uh then it goes all the way down to the Byram River so we've got a large tract of land between us and the golf course so yeah my guess is there probably is a family Uh because the one that we saw looks relatively young Mm. Um, but he was again gorgeous beautiful finding they eat small rodents uh-huh. and things like that mainly mice moles right. voles things like that you know smaller animals but again they would eat chickens and right. other things like that if maybe they... we should change our mascot from the tiger to the bobcat <laughs> we, <laughs> have plenty we of, have one right here we have plenty of choices we could go bobcats foxes I am so grateful to Will for spending so much time talking with me. Our interview was condensed for the podcast, but we actually spent about 30 minutes discussing everything from Will's childhood on a farm to the weather station at the Sacred Heart Observatory and the way upper school students have actually built a weather app using data from this station. Will also thanked head of school Meg Frazier and her enthusiastic support of the Audubon program and the school's overall shift towards a more active stewardship and connection with the environment. We understand how sustainable groundskeeping is good for the planet's health, but how is it good for our own? Actually, there's ample research demonstrating that time in nature restores children's attention, lowers stress, and boosts creativity and problem-solving skills. Research has also shown that spending time outdoors actually increases students' engagement indoors. 
It enhances peer-to-peer friendships and student-teacher relationships. Perhaps most importantly, data from the Department of Natural Resources shows that kids who spend time in nature tend to be happier than those who don't. This is exactly the kind of research that motivated Dr. Jessica McGibbon, lower school principal, to integrate the natural world into the lower school curriculum. What's fascinating that this emphasis on nature and accountability and all of this shift to make the outdoors part of the classroom has so many curricular Mm -hmm. connections. Like what you're talking to me sounds more like a theology class Mm -hmm. than a garden class, right? Right. But then there's obvious science connections and math connections, like observation of patterns Mm -hmm. or counting or ratios, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. We were talking about Little House on the Prairie. Yes, the the literature connection just seems that it lends itself Mm -hmm. to being so applicable to these subjects that happen indoors mm-hmm. inside our classrooms, right? Absolutely. And the thing is that you'll see that every child will respond to nature differently. And so they bring the questions. It's not as though you go, I mean, you have to have, you're prepared as you go down because you have an activity or work that you're doing right. for that week. But the conversations aren't planned. The conversations are in response to the questions of the children. Yeah. So that's part of what makes it so exciting as a mother as an educator, as a friend, in a sense, you're accompanying these children. And some of their questions, their I wonder questions are really, they take you aback and it makes you say, well, maybe I I need to think about that. I don't don't know. What do you think? Where do do we go? They'll ask really big questions. And sometimes they'll make statements about home or that gives you a sort of a new window into who they are. And so I find that being outside with the children as distinct from the classroom, because of course, in a sense, it is a kind of outdoor classroom. Right, right. But rethinking it that. allows you, the children are more relaxed. Definitely. Right? Yeah. And so they're not being judged mm-hmm. or they don't feel that they're being judged. Right. I'd like to think we don't judge them in the classroom, but they're not being assessed. They yeah. know that they're not being assessed in the mm-hmm. same way. And so it gives them a lot more freedom to right. There's speak. There's safety. Yeah. yeah. You really get to see who the child is. How did mustard seeds come to Sacred Heart? Well, it's funny. So I started during COVID. Mm -hmm. So that was July. And I was looking at all of these requirements, these protocols, you know, masks all day, physical distancing. I was like, oh, this is for the birds. Like, we need to get these kids outside as much as possible. This is not good for children to be indoors, especially like this, for for so long. And we have all this land. And so I said, well, can I just start this program? Right. Um, we'll just call it Mustard Seeds, you know, right. because it's the whole parable of the mustard seed, right? And it will be outdoor exploration. And so the first week of September, I got approval to do it. And providentially, Ricky Bogan was good friends with Margaret. And Margaret had worked here in maybe 15 years ago, I'd like yeah. to say. And she said, you know, I have this wonderful friend who just, I mean, she's just a force and she's just so loving and mm-hmm. can do and wonderful with the children. She's been doing all of these activities with other children in Connecticut. She's brought programs into public schools. She's worked with homeschoolers. She's just extraordinary. And I met Margaret Vondermeen and I was like, oh, this is like 
you know, no brainer. Let's right. get this off the ground. And so Perfect. the first week of school got approval and we brought her in and we just, every week we started to think, okay, what do we do? What do we do next week? We were responding to the weather. We were responding to the seasons. We were responding yeah. to what do we need? Like, what are we seeing in the classroom? What is it? We need to respond to what their needs are. Yeah. So what do the children need this week? What right. can we give them? For the uninitiated, the Mustard Seeds program is especially unique. You might not know exactly what this program is, but you have definitely seen it. Picture a gaggle of preschoolers planting sunflowers or catching frogs. Or perhaps you've seen a collection of second graders sitting quietly to observe a red-tailed hawk. Or did you hear about the group of fourth graders walking barefoot across the snow in the spirit of German priest and healer Dr. Nipe? This is Mustard Seeds. And I think it's amazing that mustard seeds isn't just the only experience the girls are having right. with the natural world, that it is becoming integrated into all the curriculums. So yep. the girls see that it is sort of embedded yep. all around and them. And we have in kindergarten, first grade, an outdoor classroom now, too, <gasps> which we started. Oh, dream, you know, kind of, Yeah, so we have that big, there's a big blackboard that you see outside that it's on wheels to go in and out. Oh, so they can have lessons outside. We're going to be planting some tulips there with them. And they just have, there's a whole space now that's, prepared for them to have outdoor classroom work. So. I love, so it won't, it's not going to be a special occasion to go outside. It's no. just part of it's your part. day. It's yep. normalized. Yep. This type of like experience is yep. really interesting and feels pretty unique. I can't imagine there's lots of other places that are so intentional and incorporated so much of their outdoor space. And I know we're very fortunate. Yeah, we're very so fortunate. We're in a and, unique and position. And easy access. So for example, for kindergarten and Barra, they have such easy access oh, to the right, outside right. with their doors, so those external doors. Yeah. So that certainly facilitates that right. outdoor, indoor classroom learning. Yeah. But yeah, and like, of course, just that we have the resources we right. do really. It's a tremendous blessing. Yeah. The campus we have. The girls think they're just having fun. Right. But really, they're having an artistic experience. Absolutely. A collaborative experience, yeah. a mathematical experience, a theological experience. Yeah. The guru behind all these experiences is Margaret von der Meeden, Miss Margaret to her students. She's been working for two decades with children, fostering their creativity, curiosity, and love for the natural world. She's also an active beekeeper. Mustard Seeds was created at Sacred Heart in September 2020, when many classes moved outdoors. Miss Margaret began teaching under the tent near Barra Center, but soon her work evolved to include the entire campus. I think Miss Margaret is fascinating, and I spend an hour in her cozy classroom, plunging my hands into hickory, smelling fennel, and looking at a beautiful bouquet made by a lower school student. Was Mustard Seeds a program that you had been doing before, or was it created for the lower school? It was created for the need mm -hmm. that we at Sacred Heart have an amazing, have amazing oh, grounds. Yes. Out of 100 acres, 80 is wetland, but we still have 20 acres mm -hmm. to roam. And the garden had already been down there, mm -hmm. and I was here 2006 mm -hmm. when the garden had not been used. Right, right. And we got the garden going again. The garden has been used in the last few years by fifth and sixth grade. Right. But not really that much for lower school. Yeah. 
So we would go down any weather and the soil was freezing and the fourth graders were still trying to dig in there. So it's much more than let's plan, let's get right. something done. So the lessons kind of the first year arrived in what we had. Yeah. The natural way. Right. And right. often the students would really guide the lesson. Mm. And we always started and still do, we try to, to start with a sit spot. So it's a sit spot. I love that term. So a sit spot is we would go down to the garden, the kids would get to run, mm -hmm. and they would find a spot to sit. They had to be visible. They had to be six feet apart right. at least. Right. And we would ask them, how long would you like to sit? Three, four, five minutes yeah. without talking. <gasps> And it really, I was amazed how many girls really took to it. Right. And if they didn't, it wasn't the end of the world. So, and then we would talk about what happened in those five minutes to just use your senses, just hear your ears, look at the sky. What do you see? What do you smell? And often they would say it really brought them out into their body. I just love the idea of taking a moment to be still mm -hmm. and just, it's really hard to it's do. Really it's a, it's hard a muscle, I think, especially for children, yes. but teaching them to listen mm -hmm. to when their body calls them to be still and then the benefits that some oh, quietude right. brings, right? Right. And just like this being it present. Even now, when we do it very quickly, it goes very quickly, somebody will see a red-tailed hawk in the tree. <gasps> And then everything stops. This is one grade. And then that becomes the lesson. Yeah. So the way I feel in mustard seeds is you prepare your lesson with the possibility of totally changing it. Right. And that will be okay. Yeah. See, in a classroom, that wouldn't be okay yeah. because you have to get your lesson plan done. Yeah. And I just really enjoy that where it's about teamwork. Yeah. We took the spiral, the garden apart, which is a lot of rocks, and to see them working together and lifting up these heavy rocks, and maybe there's a student that didn't have a good day in class right. for a test mm -hmm. or whatever, and then they would shine digging in the dirt and yeah. lifting rocks. It's very complimentary. So I love that the students are out there with their mustard seeds class mm -hmm. and in their mind they think, oh, we are identifying trees or planting a garden. Right. But really there's a thousand and one skills that are also being right. practiced oh, in that absolutely. moment, right? Like they're, they're counting, they're noticing patterns, right. they are identifying similarities and differences, mm -hmm. they're sharpening observational skills, they're problem solving, they're communicating right. and collaborating like zillions I know zillions of skills and teaching each other yeah you know last year there was some of the first graders it's a long hike to the garden and back in 45 minutes right there are truly so many skills to be learned while digging in the dirt and in its second year the mustard seeds program has expanded to integrate and support this skill development across other subject areas the opportunities for collaboration between mustard seeds in math, art, music, and writing, create immersive and memorable learning experiences. Seeing the connections, that's what really makes me happy. So this year I work a lot with art, mm -hmm. and kindergarten did dinosaurs, and so we looked at ferns. Oh. And taught them about spores. 
No, this is a very advanced it's, observation. I was thinking, are ferns like a prehistoric yes, plant? Yes, exactly. So the dinosaurs ah. would definitely feed on them. That is so cool. And then in art, she made a beautiful fern prince. <gasps> Oh, wow. So, and I really... And I bet they look kind of fossil yes, right? Yes, exactly. Ah. So, I really believe this connection is just supernatural. We try to connect quite a bit in weaving. Not right now. The third grader is doing Mayan, mm -hmm. a weaving project. So, we look for pokeweed, which is used for dyeing. Oh. So, it's wonderful. I just love your creativity. That is what I love yeah. about Sacred Heart, that we are a beautiful campus, right? Keeping that in mind, right. the aesthetics are important, but we have this wildness to it, which is it, the woods, which is now yes. the meadows. I wish yeah. I had had mustard seeds when I was in school. I would have mm. loved your class. This is what the little ones collected today from our beautiful beech tree. It. Oh, are these beech nuts? Yes. Yes, wow. exactly. These are beech nuts. <gasps> and, and they're so, sp I mean, I imagine the littles just love oh, to touch yeah. these, right? right? They make noise, they're yes, spiky, they're absolutely. fuzzy. Incredible. There's just so much to learn. That is really cool. Yeah. Oh, thank you for talking with oh, me. I just want to uh, spend the whole afternoon uh, in this space. I feel like I'm in a hive right now. Like. Oh. Something about we're sort of like cozy in here and the lighting is sort of oh, like I, warm I and yellowy. You. There's like a honeyed feeling. Thank you for listening to another episode of Heart to Heart. For more glimpses into the world of Sacred Heart Greenwich, an all-girls Catholic independent school, visit our website at shgreenwich.org and follow us on social media at shgreenwich.